0: Welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. This is episode number nine. Although, here's a fun fact. Did you know we actually skipped an episode number like four episodes back? What, what episode <laughs> number? I don't oh, remember. <laughs> like episode five or I don't even know. It's This is technically episode eight, but it's episode nine and we're just going to go with the flow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this week I have some special people with me, including...
1: My co-host, who's back, apparently for a week. No, I'm coming back next week, too. I'm, I'm back for as long as I could be back. <laughs>
0: Mr. Alfred. And then uh, we also have our comic artist, uh, slash, pretty much does anything I ask him to with images. Because he's awesome like that. Trey.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: There he is. And then we also have a fan who... Might become more of a regular if things (laughs) keep coming up. Um, Mr. Mason, who joined us from last week, how's it going?
3: I'm doing good. What's up, guys?
0: Awesome. Tell me the timer going. We got a couple really huge topics this week. And we're going to start with the most obvious, biggest thing happening this past week. And it happened technically the day of this recording. That would be the NX rumor mill in full swing Yep. Thanks in large part to Eurogamer. You know how much Sush we all love Rogers. Eurogamer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just to fill our viewers in, essentially, Eurogamer is claiming that they know what the NX is, and that it's based on several different sources, obviously that, excuse me, that they are not going to tell on, because you don't want to get those people in trouble. Uh, but, Essentially, uh, they claim, anyways, their report says that the NX is, first and foremost, it's a handheld device. It is not a home console. It is a handheld device that has two detachable controllers. I thought they called that that a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Uh, So it's a handheld console that's got two detachable controllers. uh, So you could play two-player basically anywhere with anyone around you. You know, you're out at the... Getting a coffee or whatever with a buddy, you could bust it out, you could both rip out each controller and then go to town. Uh, Obviously, how this design wise is going to work when you're playing just by yourself with the controllers attached, no one really knows. It's all guessing at this point. Uh, It also will be technically a home console as well, hence what Alfred said before with a hybrid. Uh, It is going to have a docking station that you can connect to it, and then you'll be able to display it on your TV. Uh, They also claim, let me just go down, that it's going to use game cartridges, which obviously makes sense, especially given that they're claiming it's a handheld. Uh, These cartridges would uh, have a suggested size of 32 gigabytes, uh, which is notable because if you're thinking about some AAA games today, uh, they're a lot bigger than that. So, you know, we could discuss how that might work. Uh, They do uh, say that a digital download-only system was considered, but they... Obviously scrap that idea. It will have no backwards compatibility. Uh, so I'm assuming that means no, not with three ds games or Wii U games. Uh, it's going to run in a completely new s, uh, I'm sorry new OS, not Android, uh, or anything like the Wii or Wii U or three ds did. Um, they are going to unveil it apparently in September. Uh, they have a simple marketing message with that with it, which is simply take your games on the go which I just want to say right now sounds completely ridiculous (laughs) because they've had take your games on the go since the Game Boy. But anyways, um, the dev units are currently (coughs) using a Tegra X1 chip. Uh, And uh, in addition to that, one of their sources claims that there's actually an audible fan cooling on the chip, uh, which... The Tegra X1 does not actually need a fan to cool it, so it could. they, they feel like this could suggest that the Tegra X1 is just a placeholder um, until the Tegra X2 edition comes out, and then that's going to be what's in it. Uh. So either way, it's going to be a Tegra X1 or a Tegra X2, and there is a big difference between the chips. I'm not going to get all technical because most of our viewers probably don't know enough about these specifics um, to care about it. Uh, But what you need to know is basically a Tegra X1 chip would make the console slightly more powerful than a Wii U. Uh, If it has a Tegra X2 chip, it's really close to, if not better than, an Xbox One, just in terms of raw performance. Uh, so that's why it actually is a really big difference if it's if it's X two versus X one. But of course, on that flip side, there's going to be a price difference between using the X one, and the X two as well, brought on to the consumer. Um, that's really it. Um, that you know, Eurogamer mm-hmm. and their uh, little side project, Digital Foundry, did put together some interesting analysis over what the T- Tegra X one is capable. Essentially, a bunch of last gen games are better slightly with it. Uh, higher resolution higher frame rate yada 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 uh, so yeah this is a thing that they are claiming exists so let's just get some gut reactions because this is big news uh, if it's if it's true especially it's really big news cats out of the back hybrid uh, let's start with Alfred
1: who's finally back <laughs> um, what uh what's your reaction <clears throat> well first off this is a lot of stuff that we've heard before uh like i said earlier emily rogers has been saying some of this stuff for a while now um talking about how it's going to be hybrid it's not going to be as powerful as the ps4 um on par with the xbox one maybe a little bit less powerful maybe a little bit more um when i first heard this news today i got worried i think it was kristen and i were talking about it and how um i don't know it Nintendo has this had this hard time with the Wii U explaining exactly what it was to consumers. Um, like, when it first showed up at the first E3, they just showed the gamepad. So we thought it was just a new controller for the Wii. Mm-hmm. And then they came out later and like, no, 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 it's a new console. Um, my problem here is you need to come up with a console that's powerful but also simple enough to explain and to use uh, because you're gonna have to explain if if these rumors are true, you're gonna have to explain how you're taking it on the go what the dock is for. you're gonna have to explain how they break apart and what the screen is for, um, battery life, what it runs on, why it's why this is a good idea, how it's more powerful, how you know how it works with multiplayer gaming um, not to mention um, you also have to explain the the wireless aspect to it. There's just a lot of um, moving parts for this right now sure. especially with okay well there's going to be a docking station which i assume is what you plug in to put it into the tv mm-hmm. um that's what it sounds like because it's a home console uh handheld hybrid and so you'd have some way to plug it into the tv um but again that's you know you have to sell the dock you have to sell the two controllers what happens if you want to have four player split screen so more controllers do you have to buy another one of the Um, Screens with the two controllers on the side, will you be able to use Wiimotes or Pro Controllers, Um, and my first, I guess my first instinct was how is Nintendo going to explain this to consumers to make them want it, and to make it compete with the market right now, because we're getting more powerful versions of a, a PS4 and an Xbox, and that's not necessarily good news if Nintendo's, they've kind of been notoriously a generation behind every time they've released a console since probably about the Wii. So that makes me kind of worried that it's almost as powerful as the Xbox One, maybe a little bit more powerful, but not quite, considering we're going to see a new Xbox One probably in the fall of this year or the beginning of next year. Um, and then the Well no, the, uh, Are you talking 4. about the, the S? No, the, the Scorpio. Oh
0: well, Scorpio is not till end of next year.
1: Okay. Well, well, the S is, just is that's just the slim, right?
0: A- a- S comes out in October, but it does have slightly better hardware. Okay.
1: See, it's it's still like, if Nintendo wanted to compete, they'd have to. I I want to see them go a step further, because it seems like they're content being on the same level, as whatever you know is currently in the market right now, but including some sort of gimmick to make them separate, and that worked great with them with the Wii, but, you know, I can skip stones pretty well once, but I can't really do it again. And that's kind of what I feel like they're trying to do. They're like, hey guys, look what we did there. And they're like, come back, let me try it again. And then they fail with the Wii sure. U. And sure. it kind of worried to see what they're going to do with the this. If this is what the NX is. For all we know, it could sure. literally just be like a GameCube 4.5 or something. I don't know. Well i'm torn because i well
0: how do i put this i wasn't excited by the news um in fact when i first was reading about it getting ready to report it on zelda informer i felt a little uh not (sighs) kind of let down i guess Mm -hmm. but I've had some time now, you know, all day to kind of sit on this, read all the reactions to it, consider the possibilities, um, see why some people are excited for it, why some people are not. And, you know, a lot of it kind of counters, at least for the people that are excited about it, counters what, you know, you're kind of saying that, you know, you say, how are they going to be able to market and message all this stuff? Well, it's actually easier to market the message in the gamepad because all you have to do is show... You don't even have to show the docking station. You don't have to show um, all the multiplayer aspects. You just have to show this is a handheld that plays all Nintendo games. So, like, all home and all home console and all handheld games will be on one single device. And that's going to be the marketing plan. And selling it at an affordable $200 to $250 price point um, with a separate docking station to let you hook it up to your TV. And they're they're going to leave it as, like, a really simple, I think, marketing message that is going to uh, bring home that this is it. This is the only way you're going to get to play Nintendo games. Um, and here's some reasons why why you you should agree with us that that's awesome, but they're going to kind of leave it at that. Uh, it's kind of like how, I look at it as how Apple markets every new generation of phone they have. They don't really go into all the little nitty-gritty t- details when they're first marketing about everything that phone can do. They just bring up one or two key features, and that's the marketing message. And I think if Nintendo is paying attention to Apple, that that's what they'll do with this. They'll just bring up a couple features, like the detachable controllers will be probably one of them for local multiplayer. Um, and then, you know, something else about the system, whether it's the operating system or something. Um, and that's it. Their marketing message, as apparently the report claims, would be that it is, uh, you know, gaming on the go, which, again, I think is a terrible marketing message. <laughs> because... The, they're pretending that my phone doesn't play games on the go. That my 3DS isn't games on the go. Like it's, you know, you could argue it's, you know, you could say home console games on the go. I guess. Um, I know the PlayStation Vita kind of dabbled into streaming games uh, to do that, uh, but like again, it's more so home console <clears throat> Nintendo games on the go. Unless you could somehow say, oh, we're getting the new Call of Duty, the new Assassin's Creed. Uh uh-huh. We're getting the new Far Cry. You know, you start getting all the big AAA games, okay, and then you kind of have an argument about home console gaming on the go. Uh, but I don't really think they're going to just get those games, just even if they think they're going to. it's I, I don't see it happening. Um, wasn't there a report a while back? It just, back, it, it just eh.
1: What? Wasn't there a report a while back that said um, that the NX wouldn't be, I think it was, it was either it wouldn't run at 60 FPS or it wouldn't have... 1080p, um,
0: that the well the handheld probably
1: wouldn't. Well, and I imagine that it's going to be hard for them to go like, because when you upscale something that's not supposed to be at 1080p, it doesn't typically look that good. Sure. So I'm imagining that, like this, if in theory this is what it was, then I could kind of see why they would go with a you know smaller scale, um, either frame rate or resolution, because putting mm. You know, if it runs at 720, I'm not saying that's what it is, It's just sure, theoretically, sure. if it runs at 720, and then you put it up on a screen that runs it at 1080p, you know, things might get a little bit, uh, I don't know. Well, a lot
0: of what, uh, what some people have been speculating is that it could be native at 1080p, but down-sampled on the screen. That mm-hmm. would,
1: you know, kind of like the, uh, gamepad. Yeah, yeah, the gamepad yeah, yeah, yeah. down-samples, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um... So, like, I, I look at this from a few perspectives. One, to be honest, I was like a lot of fans out there. I basically wanted a PlayStation 4 in a box that got all the third-party games plus Nintendo.
2: That's what I wanted.
0: I, I brought up that argument with um, in the chat room earlier in our Zelda former chat room, and it basically boiled down to, well, okay, what am I really asking for? I'm basically asking for Nintendo to be third-party because I just want them to do what everyone else is doing. So that, to me, almost defeats the purpose of them even being in the hardware business to begin with. So then I started rethinking, okay, okay, let's step back for a second. What makes Nintendo special in the hardware business? Why do I not want them to leave if what I want them to do is what everyone else is doing? And it made me realize that what Nintendo's doing with the system isn't really unlike what they've done with prior systems. If you look at... Um, their history, you know, where everyone thinks they've been great from the NES all the way through, say, the GameCube, in terms of uh, matching what's happening in the market. Nintendo wasn't matching what was happening in the market all along that, that time. The D-pad was a revolutionary invention back in the '80s that Nintendo brought to the table that ended up being super, super popular and caught on and stayed. Um, it, it was almost like the Wii fad was in 2006 and seven, eight, and nine, except that ended up not necessarily sticking on.
1: I wouldn't uh, say that.
0: In terms of popularity, I mean, th- it's still being used. Well, they're they're using motion control for in VR. Motion controls in VR, yeah. yeah. But again, we don't know how big the VR base is yet. Yeah. Um, it could be huge, uh, but uh, from what I've heard from a lot of people that have like, played hundreds of games on the VR, like the games are not there yet, so we'll see. Um, there's some neat demos, apparently. Uh, anyways... This isn't about VR. Unless, for some reason, this supports VR. I don't know how. I uh, <laughs> No, can't see no. that um, <laughs> So I kept thinking about it. You know, how are they going to, you know, the D-pad was different. Um, the Super Nintendo was technically not the most powerful system on the market, uh, but it added shoulder buttons, which at the time no one else had. Uh, then you know they kind of started after that point moving forward with when the PlayStation and PlayStation Two kind of came into the mix. That's when Nintendo's originality um, wasn't necessarily there. Like yeah, the N sixty four controller was crazy weird with three prongs, <laughs> but I mean there wasn't really anything about what they did with the N sixty four that was necessarily unique to that system um, outside of sticking with cartridges when. Uh, PlayStation was
3: starting to use discs.
2: I think they tried to do like different things by like you know when you had Pokémon Stadium and you could put your your Pokémon Blue or Yellow into the uh, you know into the N64 sure. to kind of integrate that. And there that. was the Rumble Pack. Yeah. Um,
0: like they they had some neat stuff. Uh, plus the expandable memory w- was something that no system had done before. Uh, but it, it really wasn't anything that was revolutionary. Uh, like like say the D-pad was or motion controls were. Um, and then you know you kind of look for they, they went to mini discs so like Nintendo has always tried to do something new with their systems whether or not it was a success it's a different story the gamepad obviously with the Wii U was another attempt um and now I look at them as rethinking the gaming market reality is if you look at the history of video games there is rarely if ever been a period where three similar consoles were able to survive in the market um and that made me realize that if I want Nintendo to stay in the hardware market, they really can't do what everyone else is doing. They can't be fighting over the same gamers. They're not. It's just not going to work. Like history has shown, that three consoles that do the same thing just do not last. Um, and Nintendo right now would, would be coming from behind. It would be different if this was the if this was the start of a new generation uh, for all three systems. Is different because I almost think like the start of a new generation is almost like hitting a reset button. Um, and Nintendo would have the ability to get in on the crowd that, say, Sony has. But they can't do that now. That, that crowd's already invested. Uh, and that crowd has new devices and their own thing that they're already invested in to look forward to. PlayStation Neo, Xbox One uh, S, and the Xbox Scorpio. Um, so they're already excited about that stuff. So Nintendo has to do something that no one else is doing. And right now, no one else is doing handheld gaming. Because everyone thinks it's all phones. All phones all the time. Uh, Nintendo's thinking, well, we just sold, you know, 50, 60 million units of a 3DS. Clearly, there's still people that want to buy a handheld device, and it's way more popular. Um, well, and Nintendo's problem... always
1: done that better.
2: Yeah, they, like, I think like... they know what they're doing when it comes to handheld, because the, the Vita is, I, is like, I,
0: I look at it like this, like, I don't think they've always necessarily done it better, because the PlayStation Vita and the, and the, uh, PlayStation Portable are absolutely fantastic systems. They're not bad. They don't have the games i don't yeah they don't have the support like they just put it they do not have pokemon (laughs) you know playstation uh playstation portal actually sold 80 million units like fun fact it was more popular than the 3ds's like people don't realize that because they think oh well the ds yeah the ds sold 150 million guess what the psp is more popular than the 3ds the psp is actually more popular uh than the original game boy so like the psp was a success But the PSP also had some games on it that were worthwhile, especially in Japan. Um, Monster Hunter, that's now on the 3DS, that used to be a PSP game. Um, So you used to get all your Monster Hunter games on PSP, which made it highly popular in Japan. There was a whole bunch of other games, too. I wasn't a big PSP guy, so I'm not going to try to go into all those games. But um, I think Sony always had the better handheld systems, but Nintendo always had a better stable of um, games that people like playing on the go.
2: Yeah, it seemed like uh, Nintendo was there for, like, the long run. You know, they were back in their DS. They were always there. Like, as for, like, uh, PSP, I remember seeing, like, one or maybe two, like, commercials that stand out. And then after that, it was, like, it. I remember the PSP had, like, this jingle. And, you know, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I want a PSP now. But then, like, Nintendo, you saw, like, Zelda, Mario, like, just everything on it. And I just feel like the support was just there.
0: So... Uh, no, obviously my concern with the handheld and the docking station on the console is home console gaming would obviously, at least on the surface, appear to be limited because you're limited by what you could put in a handheld. Obviously the Tegra X2 would make a big difference, but if it sticks with the Tegra X1, which would make the system far more affordable at the market, and knowing Nintendo, they don't want to price themselves out of the handheld market, um, I think they see $200 as that sweet pot. That, like, they, they really want to hit $200 at launch. Um, then it's probably going to stick with the X1, which means basically what you're seeing on your Wii U is virtually what you're going to see on the NX system. However, this is something that I brought up in our post about it because I was thinking about it at the time. That docking station. So Nintendo released a patent that got approved uh, earlier this year or last year that talked about a supplemental computing device basically you can connect multiple devices together to get more power out of your system when plugged into your TV it's very possible that docking station is sold separately as a hundred dollar device that you plug your thing into and that provides all the extra power and allows games to run at 1080p allows you to do 4k uh, like Netflix streaming or something um, it gives you that extra beef that uh, some people want that get you closer to the PlayStation 4 levels of power. <clears throat> um, and I think that's highly unique. I have no idea how the heck Nintendo is going to be able to sell such a concept. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that could be a thing. Like, they, they, they could be... They, this is your NX system. It's basically a Wii U in your pocket, on the go, play with friends get all the nintendo games on one system but if you plug it into the stocking station you can buy separately you actually get a more powerful system that gives you better graphics and better everything else on your tv and all like- games are actually designed to be
1: used with that but they down sample onto the thing when you're on the go i feel like the supplemental computing device thing would be more more so in a bundle than sold separately like you it, can buy well, yeah you know, like the special yeah, bundle I, the, the reason i was yeah. thinking separately was um price point yeah but if that
0: thing is like a hundred dollar gpu cpu ram combo like if you throw that in the box and you have people that just want to play games on the go like that's real like 300 dollars, that's expensive for them
1: that's what i'm saying like they'll have like kind of like they did with the wii u where they have the 32 gig white model and then the 64 gig black model like they'll have one where it's just the you know whatever the nx like whatever the base nx is Uh,
0: like Kind of like a, a better comparison, I think, would be, like, the Xbox One with Kinect, Xbox One without Kinect.
1: Yeah. 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 Or even when they did the PS4, PS Vita bundles for however long sure. that lasted.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. Right. No, and I, I can definitely see that being a thing. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, hopefully they don't do, like, the Xbox One route where, like, you have to buy the docking station <laughs> with it at launch. And then later they unbundle it. Um, because I think that would upset a lot of handheld gamers that, you know... They're looking for their next 3DS, and they don't want to uh, deal with having to pay for something that they don't plan to ever use. Um, so, anyways, uh, we haven't heard from Mason yet. Yeah. Probably because he's the fan in the background wondering, <laughs> when do I inject myself? No, it's, it's all good. Um, so, so, we're all people that, like, we're in the industry, as they say. Right. You're on the outside looking in. Yes. Yes. What's going on? What's
3: going through your head? Well, the thing with Nintendo, I feel like, is, like Alfred said, like, they kind of stay behind a generation. And that's not always good, but their motives are their games. They don't really care about their power, as I believe it was Kimishima that actually said that they don't really focus on that. Their main priority is the games. And while the Wii U's games haven't been the best compared to other generations like the Wii or GameCube or anything, that's what they focus on. And I feel like with the NX, if they do use, um... Like the Tiger One chips, if that's if that's what they go with, it's gonna be like kinda still staying back. And if they don't use the X two chips, it's gonna be very limiting for them in a way because I you would just think if you had the more power you better performance, of course. So sure. for me, I would prefer them to use the like the other one, but at the same time knowing Nintendo they'll probably just keep the what they're using now. So I mean, like I said, their focus is their games, not their power, which isn't always a good thing. Kind of hurts them in the end sometimes, I would think.
0: It, w- when I saw this news today, I thought, man, that's gonna be one sick handheld device.
1: But if it, if it could play console <laughs> games, yeah,
0: yeah, keyword like, handheld. Like I mean, even I mean, even just thinking like. The Wii U, the power of the Wii U in my hand, like that to me is an awesome handheld device. Assuming they don't screw up the controls, um, that to me is an awesome handheld device. But here's where I'm like, I like home console gaming more than handheld. Right. I'm 30 years old. I'm at home a lot. I'm not traveling all the time. And if I am, I'm the one driving. Like I have kids. My kids like playing handheld games. It's fine. I still play some handheld games, but I'm primarily a console gamer. Or a PC gamer. And I... That's why I I guess I was a little disheartened by it. Uh, But we'll see. I guess, you know, in September, maybe that's when they claim other people have said the same. Later this year, at some point, they will announce the NX. And maybe it won't be this at all. And maybe this entire conversation was pointless.
1: (laughs) Well, the only thing that I could consider maybe, like, a rebuttal to this rumor is when... Uh, Anuma talked about in the Wired interview that you know I quoted in my article, you quoted in your article when he says at the very end, considering how vast the world is, it would keep you from monopolizing the TV. So I think what he means is you would you would want to keep it on the TV because it's a big world for for Breath of the Wild is what he's referring yeah. to. Yeah. And so I'm I'm trying to imagine, you know, they'd have a hard time selling breath of the wild if they said play it on this small screen that you have in front of you or put it on the tv with this hundred dollar docking station i don't i don't know how well that they would be able to sell that
0: well i think like i think their concept if you think about um what was one of the main ideas behind the Wii U, like one of the things they tried to sell with it was off tv play yeah yeah. and i think that's what they're kind of looking at with this is off tv play was great but it was flawed because you were tethered to your tv
2: I, I think I can see that like kind of like, like taking... this is like a
0: better solution to off TV play like you're on your TV someone's show is coming on all right well they're watching Game of Thrones let me grab this and go in the other room
2: or maybe Keep even playing. like even a different approach like doing like maybe like the Pokemon Go route where you know you're not playing the full game of Breath of the Wild but you're going out there and you're getting items for Link or something like that That's where heavy. it kind of like you know sure you know, like add that. stuff to it, oh, but not, yeah, you know. I totally
0: want, like, a mobile app <laughs> companion. That would I, be I, awesome. Yeah. Um, Also, one thing I was thinking, like, because it uses a docking station, is it possible I could buy a multiple docks for all my TVs? Plug
1: it <laughs> into in any room? That's true. That'd be great.
2: I that feel like you'd probably cool.
1: have to carry it the docking station with you, is what I'd imagine. I mean, I'm sure you could. you probably well, have to buy, yeah, like, if $100 it, if ones. It, if
0: it's a docking station, which means it just sits there, it's plugged in all the time, and I just drop my console into it, and it works through whatever connection it uses. Um, in theory, why can't I just buy multiple docking stations? Because there's nothing stored on the docking station.
1: It's true. It's all going to be on... Well, it's... I'd imagine that there's going to be... I
0: mean, I'm, there might be external storage. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, i got to imagine, since they're supporting digital, there has to be, like... Support for external hard drives somehow.
2: See, I could see I don't that, but you
0: know, what? there, there's, there, there's a situation that might occur where I have like three different things hooked up to my <laughs> NX. I'm like on my, on my uh, gaming station to play it on my TV. It's gonna get crazy. It'll be like when uh, thank, you had thanks, the Game Boy. Thanks Color. for this stuff, um, Euro gamer.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, would I think, rather um... waited
0: for Nintendo. This is a case where I almost wish it, this stuff didn't come out. If it is true, because there's so many questions that. I have, that probably will be answered when it's actually unveiled. Um, so, like, all my fears I have for it might not mean anything. Um, or I might have completely new fears that are totally <laughs> justified. Um, Nintendo, the, if this is it, the cat's out of the bag, just, like, next week, unveil the thing. Please? <laughs> Please! Um, so, we're almost done with that segment. I knew this was going to take a majority of the segment. Um, there is one thing I wanted to bring up and this is just kind of to, to bring up how awesome um, unintended uh, joy can happen. So we posted, or I, should, I posted something to Zell Informer um, about a fan who lost their brother shortly before E3. And this his brother, uh, Matt, had epilepsy. Um, so they kind of knew that his time was numbered, and he ended up passing in his sleep. No one knows if it was... You know, with pain or not, but usually if you pass away in your sleep, it's not that painful. Anyways, um, and he was a huge Zelda fan. And one of the last Zelda games he really got into was Twilight Princess. It was his favorite game. Uh, he had Twilight Princess HD and the Wolf Link amiibo. Um, and it, all they could talk about was E3 and Breath of the Wild. Well, Zelda U, as they called it at the time. Um, and what to expect and how hyped they were for it. Well, his brother... Um, Kind of, you know, is having a hard time dealing with the loss of his brother. Um, Matt is was the younger brother. I think he was 21 or 22. And, and uh, his brother Casey, I believe, or Corey, uh, sorry if I got that wrong, um, Who like five or six years ahead of him. And he was having a hard time dealing with this. And so when Nintendo announced that when you tap the Wolf Link amiibo, you could play with Wolf Link in the game, um, it kind of brought a lot of joy to his brother's face because... Uh, even though his brother's dead, um, he's able to still basically play one more Zelda game with his brother through the Wolf Link amiibo. Because um, that Wolf Link amiibo is the save data from his brother. Like it, that is just the impact video games can have on like just bringing people together is amazing. Um, and as sad as it is that he lost his brother, I'm so happy that you know I wasn't really a big fan of the Wolf Link stuff, but now like I don't care. It just <laughs> Literally, it. I mean, someone gets to keep their little brother with them while they play the game, and their brother's gonna be playing right alongside them. Um, that's you just what, awesome. You that's know what that reminds awesome me of? It, what? Remember
1: that uh, Animal Crossing story that circulated yeah. a long while back Yep. about the guy whose mom passed away, and mom kept sending him letters and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that reminded me of.
0: I was like, yeah. I mean,
1: it's just amazing what video
0: games you know can do to a family. Um, in the positive sense, like it's, it's just a really touching story. I almost, I mean, on camera, I don't know if you could tell, but I almost cheered up a little bit just talking about it. Um, and then I had another topic. We'll save that for another day if we happen <laughs> to need it. Cause it's not too big of a deal. Uh, so we're going to move on to our fan topics. All right. So we finally got a fan topic submitted through Twitter for like the first time in a month. That's, that's good. Um, <laughs> More submissions, people. It comes from Matt in St. Pete. He says, At Zelda Informer, I am curious as to how Link's heart containers will increase in Breath of the Wild. Heart containers would seem almost out of place. Let's let Mason
3: start with this one. Oh, goody. Okay. Um... Yeah, heart containers. I'm not too big on finding them in the first place in Zelda games. I know, typically, whenever you beat a big boss or something, you find a heart piece or a container. Like, I'm still relatively new to it, so... Right now, in my mind, I'm trying to grasp what I would imagine. Uh, Because the game is so large, you know? You can find them anywhere in any other Zelda games. You know, on top of cliffs, behind things, after you blow up a boulder, something like that. But, with a game like this, I would almost feel like bosses, like of course it's like nature you know you have things in nature you fight and stuff and after you beat them what do you get just the satisfaction of beating them or like supplies or something you know but almost like the exploration factor is so important in this game like it's a massive game we haven't even seen two percent of almost yet and what i would i don't even know like that's a very (laughs) good question i have not ever thought about that um I have no clue. You know, the possibilities are endless, and whether or not it's like upgrades or anything through, like I don't even know. I'm so sorry. I just that's a very interesting question. Um, you on the spot and you let me down. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it,
0: it's okay. No. Um, this is a tough question. It is. Uh, Trey, you got any thoughts?
2: Um, I've I'm actually the opposite. Um, I love heart containers. Like, um, just going around trying to find them uh putting them in like, you know, weird and quirky spots. Um I, I mean I'm Exploration. <laughs> I'm hoping that um, you know, maybe like you can find some in like shrines or like I'm I'm just one of those guys who I'm not all about like oh I gotta beat it like this fast. You know, I wanna I wanna yeah. take time and sure. and actually like s- like yeah i'm gonna blow up that rock because it looks suspicious even though i know nothing's behind it (laughs) i'm one of those kind of guys so i feel like (laughs) i need the heart containers just just to give me that extra like mm, so when i go and like fight like one of those random bosses in like a random area i'm a little more prepared because i actually took the time to explore um i don't want to you know just walk around and have like few hearts and then uh, you know say i run into that rock boss and then i'm like oh man i'm screwed <laughs> um i you know <laughs> you, you i, I want to be screwed i hope not um but yeah i mean i i, I want to I, w- I hope that they keep you know the heart system in there i mean it's unique it's it's zelda you know when you and whenever you think of zelda you're like oh you know four or three hearts you know so i, I kind of want that in it but then i, I also want you know other things to play a factor, so, you know, like potions and, and uh, magic, you know, to kind of like enhance your hearts, maybe temporarily, add that RPG element into it. Uh, that's just my I'm glad you brought take.
0: that up. I'm glad you brought that up, because you can make a potion that increases mm-hmm. your hearts.
2: Ah, you show awesome.
0: that on the stream. Temporarily. It, yeah, it's temporarily. Yeah, that, that, that,
2: that's what I want, because um, it's like, you know, it's like classic RPG kind of, yeah. you know.
0: Another thing I was thinking uh, is, I don't think they're going to completely get rid of heart containers. Uh, because Link's health is still measured in hearts. hmm Uh, so I think they're going to keep heart containers, but it's going to, instead of finding, like, pieces of heart, because when I was going through the inventory menu, I didn't see, like, that normal spot where you would see, okay, this is how many heart pieces you need to collect to get the next one. Um, they didn't have that in the inventory system, and it's possible they just took that screen out of the demo. Uh but I I think they're not going to have it where you find heart pieces to put together to get heart containers. I think it's going to be more like you if you beat like each boss at the end of however many dungeons there are, when you beat them you will get a full heart container like you do traditionally. And then um assuming that bosses are even at the end of dungeons because they are breaking traditions, so who knows. Uh, but either way, you complete a dungeon, you get a heart container. I think that's still going to be a thing, and that's going to be an easy way to increase your hearts by 4 or 5 before the end of the game. But obviously in Zelda, we're used to having like 20 hearts, right?
4: Yeah.
0: I think how they're going to handle it, outside of potions, temporarily increasing, is I think clothing is eventually going to affect the hearts.
1: Like armor and stuff, yeah. Yes, I think like yep. the
0: better pieces of armor you get, the more hearts that you can find. And I think if they do include, say, the classic green garb... Um, and that's something you get way late in the game that alone might be worth like an extra five hearts all on its own um so like just just kind of things like that to increase your health um that makes a little bit more sense kind of uh when you're on the battlefield you know the better armor you're wearing the more hits you can take so it would make sense that the better armor you're wearing the more health you have um in terms of a video game so it I think that that's more the route they're going to go, and it will be possible to max out your hearts and then still take a potion to get extra hearts on top of that. Uh, But you know, whatever that heart max is, I don't know. But I I think I think they're going to keep with tradition a little bit, but explore new ideas for the system at the same time. Um, Do you have anything else to add to that, Alfred?
1: Um. Yeah. I was thinking. Okay. For some reason, something you said made me think of Hyrule Warriors, um, and one of the I don't say key components to that game. One of the big components of that game is being able to craft stuff. Yep. Um. Like you get, uh, if you defeat, uh, I don't know, um, a bacoblin, you get its shoulder piece or something, and you collect X amount sure. of those materials, and you can increase, you know, the the time it takes yeah, for you to get knocked back. We do back. get
0: things like that, like yeah. collection-wise. We haven't seen any use for them
1: yet. And so, but... so what I'm imagining is, um, maybe you have to collect certain rare items. Um that maybe there's only one of them or maybe there's only two of them or there's like X amount. And then you or have it's to really climb... hard to get. Yeah, it's really really like you have to climb to the top of a freezing cold mountain shirtless or something. I don't know. Um <laughs> like achievements and... kind of <laughs> Yeah. And then, <laughs> like can... <laughs> and then you can boss. And then you get a material that you can in order to craft another heart or craft more, you know, whatever you need for it. Or even better armor to give you another heart. Um the only my only problem my only hang up with it always being better armor is okay well if I'm going into a you know again like a cold area and my armor is like adds five hearts but the only really good cold armor I have adds two I have to sacrifice some health in order to you know not freeze to death I mean that'd be sure. my only hang up with that but I can see them doing something like craft wise since that's a very big um, Like, they're trying to push crafting in this game or cooking food and collecting stuff. So, I could see them doing some of the crafting, too, along with the armor. Sure. Um,
0: awesome. Well, Matt and St. Pete, thank you. I hope we gave you some good ideas in terms of what uh, could happen. Obviously, we have no idea. Uh, and Nintendo hasn't said anything about it outside of confirming that potions will temporarily increase your hearts. Uh... Jose we will come back to uh, your stuff because you asked a whole slew of questions, um, and the thing is, these are really good ones. So we'll we might be able to dedicate like an entire uh, an entire fan section to you next time. So we're gonna go to, to uh, Jeff De La Rosa. Uh, that's from our Facebook page. Uh, he says, "What possible DLC could be in store for Breath of the Wild?"
4: Hmm.
0: Well, Alfred, why don't you go first?
1: Yeah, you had, you had mm. to give me the harder question. <laughs> I'll trade you. <laughs> um,
2: you can always pass.
1: Well, part, it of me really, pass part, part of me really wants to say none, none,
0: okay.
1: Because it, Nintendo's always prided themselves on putting out a full game, um, and from the amount of work that it sounds like they're putting into this game. I don't even know if they'd be thinking about DLC at this moment. Um, I mean, I a, like one
0: question. Um, does anyone know, did Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X get DLC?
3: No. I don't think so. Not that I can. It did. didn't. You had that, that 10
1: gigabyte download of extra stuff, but that wasn't DLC. Um, that was
3: just to get the game to run quicker, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. optional. Yeah, uh, and that, that could even be used as an argument for why to get it on NX, but that's neither here nor there. um i just you gotta think about the type of game that zelda is and how different it is than anything nintendo's done um and i guess this really the dlc really depends on if the game has like a definitive ending because all zelda games have had a definitive ending like like, after the Ocarina of Time, after you beat Ganondorf or Ganon, that's the end. The only thing you can do is go back to the previous save right before you did that and explore again. Like
0: Well, I mean, technically the ending's not definitive in Ocarina of Time. Because okay. you get <laughs> sent back in time to stop Ganondorf, but then you don't know what happens after that. In Majora's Mask, in.
1: Yeah. like, I'm talking, like, the game, if it has a, an end part, like, a, the, like Twilight Princess... We'll go with that. (laughs) It had an ending. It literally said the words the end at the very end after there was a resolution to the plot. You know, and it's always... Like, it's it's a little bit... I'm a little skeptical that they do DLC for a Zelda game in the first place, but I'm skeptical because they always have, like... Especially because it seems like they're focusing more on story. So I know that they want to have, like, a beginning, middle, and end to this, and if they have an end, I don't know if they'd be like... But wait, there's more. Same bat time, same bat channel. (laughs) I I just can't see them doing that with Breath of the Wild. So I'm going to say I don't think there's going to be any DLC for uh, the game. Prove me wrong, Nintendo. I'd be very happy with that, but I just can't see it at this point. Yeah,
0: DLC-wise,
1: I'm the opposite of Alfred. I want
0: DLC. No, I I do too. I just can't see it. Like, what you made it sound like, like,
1: uh, they're not going to do it, they shouldn't do it. No, I'm like, I, I can... I can't see them doing it I would like it I'd like it if oh, they were yeah. like but Ganon came Here, back in like I a Voltron suit that.
0: so I think okay so first let's bring up um, some good DLC examples that involve Nintendo uh, Mario Kart 8
3: yes yep it, not a story based, not the a story the based game.
0: game yeah I know it's not a story based game but <laughs> they doubled the size of the game right mm-hmm. um, or, or did they double or almost double anyway it, there was a lot of content they added. And the original game didn't feel cheated because it was just as big as all the prior Mario Kart games. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the battle mode, that thing that just sucks. <laughs> nobody counts it. Um, no, nobody nobody, gets attention to that, right? Um, let me see, some other good. Uh, I'd argue what they've been doing with Fire Emblem has actually been pretty pretty decent. That's, well, Fire
1: Emblem DLC is... I, I'd say that that's the outlier in terms of story. Because it... It kind is of it takes though? place. Think, it think ki- of
0: all the other like uh, if you think of non Nintendo games because the the hard thing with Nintendo game examples of story is that Nintendo doesn't have a lot of games with story.
3: <laughs> right. Um,
0: like I mean, they have stories, but like they're really simple. They're not. They're just backbones. They're not really there to be yeah. anything else.
1: Um, I mean, so like if you think of other triple like The Last of Us had DLC, The Witcher Three had DLC. But that's all prequel stuff. Well, as far as I'm sp- like The Last of Us, the DLC for that was prequel. Um, sure. The DLC was fire for The Witcher. Emblem. That's that's true.
0: And The Witcher's ending was pretty definitive. Yeah. I mean, I ca- see. Like, and that's why I look at, I look at Breath of the Wild almost in the vein of like The Witcher. You could have this big definitive ending. In fact, you could skip the entire story in Breath of the Wild and go have that <laughs> big definitive ending. You know, within hours of starting the game, but. I think the story is going to work in a way that this game is about the world, right? It's literally called Breath of the Wild. So, while you can go complete, you know, the very end of the story right away and put Calamity Ganon to rest and see the end credits, they want you to explore the world. Like, they, they build this giant world for you not to go play <laughs> in. And... That's where DLC comes in really nice, because that's kind of what they did in The Witcher. They built this big immersive world, and you can rush through The Witcher and get to the end and see the end of the story, playing on the easiest mode, um, you know, I think within 10 or 15 hours. Like, it it doesn't take you that long. But there is a post-game, and this kind of gets into a bigger uh, question with Zelda, if there should be a post-game in Zelda. Um, But I think if there ever was going to be a post-game that... Breath of the Wild makes the most sense because it's about the world more than it's about that individual story. And because it's about the world and about these little stories within the world, be it about the characters, about what happened to Hyrule, um, about you know why Link was asleep for 100 years, Like the story about the game, I mean, the base goal of the game is to stop Calamity Ganon, and there's nothing stopping you from stopping him right away.
2: <laughs> um,
0: so like they literally tell you this is what you were awakened to do to go stop him. You can go stop him. You don't have to do anything else. Uh, but the game encourages you to go out and do things in the world, and I think DLC makes a lot of sense in a game built around that kind of concept. Like I feel like The Witcher 3 in, in specific was built around that concept where there's a definitive end, and you can end it, but just because you end it and you see the credits, you're, you are still able on that same save file to go right back into that world with that boss defeated and go do other things in that world if you would like to. Um, because it's not like that world, and this is kind of an argument for, you know, why there could be a post-game in any Zelda game, it's not like the world stops existing just because you <laughs> defeated the guy. Like, it's still there. You could still, you should, like, in theory, Link is still alive doing things in those games afterwards. Well, it depends on which one we're talking about. Oh, unless he dies. After <laughs> you die. Anyways. But in theory, he's alive. <laughs> um, so, you know, I kind of look at it from that perspective of, of DLC is really welcomed in a big, sprawling world because there's already so much to do. They, adding more to that, once people have reached a point where they've explored a whole bunch of that world, just feels natural. It's like an evolution. Um, and it helps keep the game relevant for a longer period of time. And I know that like, some people just hate DLC. They never want to see it. From what I experienced in the demo, um, this game's going to have so much stuff already in it that there's no way in heck you're going to feel like you have an incomplete experience. Yeah, I don't. Um, you're not going to have all. any... Dragon Age instances where you run into a spot in the game and it's like, oh, well, sorry, you can't advance unless you buy this $15 DLC. Skylanders. Um, like, that's not going to happen in this game. <laughs> um, you're not... Like, if DLC gets added, it's going to be like a The Witcher. It's going to be stuff you didn't even realize while you were playing the game could get added to the game because it wasn't something you were thinking about or there wasn't anything in the game telling you that, hey, look, there's this stuff that exists, but you can't do it. Um, which... Uh, to be fair, Zelda games have done that to us before. Hello hinting <laughs> at other lands, but then not letting us go to them. Um, thanks thanks for hopefully all those lands are in this game.
1: Yeah, I want to go to Hytopia in this game. Dude, Hytopia? <laughs> no, not just even Hytopia. Uh,
0: uh, in the very first Zelda game, where's that Link originally from? he's not from Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Um, Link in The Legend of Zelda for NES, he's not from Hyrule. He's actually from somewhere else. Trying to remember the name of the place. We've never actually been to it. it says it in the game manual.
3: <sighs> nah,
0: I'm literally mad. Like I'm going to have all these Zelda fans yelling at me now that I don't know this. Here, I'll, You've been I'll doing look it this up. 18 years? You don't you, know You that.
1: keep talking. I'll, I'll look it up for you. Oh, <laughs> is it Holm Drum? Oh. I th- no, I thought that's what... Yeah, no, that's not it. I'm just yeah. pulling out
0: names that sound Zelda-ish <laughs> to me. I mean, I know that's like part of the Zelda stuff, but that's not...
2: I mean, oh, uh, my take on the whole, like, DLC thing sure. is yeah. I think um, I I want them to do, like, the Witcher route, but Nintendo, you know, they don't... They, <laughs> they think a little differently, so I, I think that <laughs> sure. they might be, like, you know, uh, Amiibo DLC, so, like, Cloud comes <laughs> out, and you put Cloud onto, you know, the gamepad, and you get sure. Cloud Sword, you know, or something like that. I feel like sure. Nintendo would try to go down that route. I really want them to be, like, okay, well... Here's, you know, a Goron side quest or something like that. But I, I don't know. I, I can't... Nintendo, they're so they're so different. But, I mean, in a way, that's a good thing because they might be a little more optimistic because they're going this route that they might just do it.
0: Well, and this is like... They claim, anyways, this is the most expensive game they've made. So, I mean, DLC makes a lot of sense with a game like that because it's a way to make more money as well. Um, but, again... You know, then there's the whole. Well, if they're working on DLC, are they working on a new Zelda game? Um, I don't know. I know DLC is like a big sticky point with some people. Like, some people just absolutely hate it, some people love it. I think the DLC is. Can can be good and can be bad. Yeah, I, it I mean, just depends I'm a neutral, game
2: to game. too. It just depends on, you know, what it is and, you know, like how I they Like I said, implement like, Mario it.
0: Kart 8 felt amazing. Like, that was good DLC. Even Hyrule Warriors, the original DLC, like, that felt like a very good value.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that's that's a great example of DLC for uh, a game for Nintendo is Hyrule Warriors. Well,
0: I mean, Nintendo didn't do that game. I so. know,
1: but, like, just for, for them up, to but. look at.
2: I yeah. think it also depends on how they word it. Like if they're like season pass, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm going to buy it regardless because like, I'm a Zelda fan, see, the but thing you is, know, is
0: a lot of people think that DLC is like this new thing in the digital age that the act of downloading it might be, but back when I was a kid, we just called them expansion packs. Yeah. yeah. Like they were a normal thing and people loved them. I mean, the Sims was always really nuts with it. <laughs> they had to have like 70,000 expansion packs. Um, I, I think it's the fact that like people but, put out
2: like unfinished games, and you know then they're like, yeah, oh, well, yeah. you like, know,
0: back then games weren't unfinished really. Like you would get Age of Empires, and like the expansion after that just felt like more Age of Empires. It didn't feel like something that was missing from the original game. Um, Mason, you got anything to add on the DLC?
3: Well, uh, I think uh, like side quests. That's what I've been thinking about because that's like a completionist dream is to finish all the side quests in a Zelda game. And, sure. I mean, if, say, they complete it all, or, like, you mentioned how, like, there's so much in the game you don't feel like you would be missing out on much if you play <laughs> enough of it, because there's just so much to do, you know? And, I mean, if they just... So much! Yeah, I mean, if they just said, hey, <laughs> also, like, next week, download this new thing, there's 20 side quests, you know? <laughs> Even if it was something like going to a random island and playing hide and seek, kind of like Windfall Island and Wind Waker or something, trying to find village kids or something, it's like... It would be very interesting to see that just because of the fact that there's so much already in the game. And and not just side quests, even, like, Hyrule Warriors, for example. I know, um, I mean, the characters. You know, I don't see them adding more playable characters just because it's Zelda, Um, like, AAA title from Nintendo. But it would be cool, let's be real. Um, Depending on how they went about it. I mean, they can't just throw in Zelda midway through and be like, oh, hey, play as hers, you're trying to save her, you know. But, (laughs) I mean logical yeah use. for real <laughs> but they gotta be they gotta be real about it and if they did side quests, i think that'd be an interesting way to kind of expand on things but at the same time sure. i wouldn't want them to add any other major things like bosses or anything simply for the fact that for some reason i feel like it would kind of turn away the story plot a little bit uh, Sure. not that it would not like you mentioned how it's not directly focused on the story but more so nature but it would somehow affect what's around you you know sure so.
0: Alfred, did you ever find an answer to my... No,
1: I looked, and they just said he's from a far off land. Oh. And the consensus, <laughs> what the story says, is that Impa was being chased by Ganon's minions, yeah. and she was being overwhelmed by them when she came across a boy who fought off the monsters. She told them, she told him about Hyrule's plight, and then he went to go visit Hyrule.
0: Oh, great. <clears throat> I know that there. Maybe it's in Zelda 2. Then that, that it, it
1: probably is Zelda 2 that yeah, you're I, thinking of.
0: Yeah, because it's the same link. I don't know. Anyways, like there's other lands we haven't been to that would have been really cool to see. Uh, anyways, we've obviously spilled over a little bit with our fan topics, but that's okay. <laughs> you guys keep sending us amazing fan topics. Uh, you don't have to just submit them through Facebook and Twitter. You can also submit them through comments right on our uh, like on the YouTube where we post the video, like comments down there. You have a fan topic, you can just submit it down there. You can also send it to podcast at zeldainformer.com So, we're going to move quickly to this last segment. We're going to cut it a little shorter than usual. This is kind of the segment that gets the most abused, because we don't even do it every week when it's supposed to be (laughs) weekly. The favorite thing in gaming that happened in this last week, whether it's something you did in games, whether it's news, etc. Obviously, for me, the favorite thing is the very first topic we talked about, which is the NX leaks. I'm a big... I love rumors. Like, rumors that have some substance to them. That's what I love. Um, it, it lets me, for a moment, think I know something that I really don't. And I enjoy that. Um, how about Trey? What's the favorite thing in gaming in the last
2: week? Uh, my favorite thing... Um, well, I mean... I'll decide. I mean, I've been um, playing a lot of Overwatch. <laughs> okay. I'm, like, addicted to it. Um, but they... To... Uh, I'm playing on a PS4 right now. Nice. Um, they had a... Um, well, they, they had a new patch. Um, I think it was, like, last week. And then yeah. they added in um, Anna or Anna, yeah. however you, you yeah, pronounce her name. I haven't played since that patch. Um, but, I mean, I've been playing that. Uh, D.Va's a lot better. Um, I, I heard that they they're going to... They nerfed gonna... McCree. Yeah, I heard about that. They nerfed McCree. Um, but, I mean, that that in a nutshell, I just—I can't get enough. I've been playing Overwatch too much, almost. I've prestiged in everything. I need to stop.
0: <laughs> I haven't played it nearly enough, so I need to play more of it.
2: It's such a good game.
0: <laughs> it is good. Like, I have a hard time. I play it, I just don't want to put it down. I'm like, I got all this other stuff I need to be doing, <laughs> so I like, avoid launching it
2: yeah it's a good thing because you start feeling guilty afterwards like (laughs) oh i could i could be working on some artwork or i could be doing this or i could be doing that so um there's that
0: (laughs) uh mason what's your favorite thing in gaming the last week
3: all right well i know pokemon go is a pretty overdone thing right now um it's a huge success of course but lots of bad things have happened but i'm not focusing on that because in indiana (laughs) there was a dog pound that was like i'm pretty sure this is the past week but they were like hey if you want to hatch an egg and not look awkward walking in the middle of the street come pick up a dog for five dollars an hour and walk with it you know and so i believe they said it was like within two hours they had calls and emails and all this stuff coming in for people that wanted to take dogs on walks with them and i mean it sounds cheesy of course to be excited about that but it's so cool because it ended up with some people like like calling the dog pound like hey i'm not bringing this dog back i'm gonna adopt him." And I mean, I love animals. That's like one of my. It's like um. A, what's the word? It's a weak spot, you know. Like I, <laughs> I fall short whenever I see a cute dog, like a cute dog. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need it. But oh, you're so cute. Yeah, and just it's cool to see uh, animals that really don't have a home. Like just automatically, just because of this game um go on a walk with some dude and be like hey i'm going home with him now you know <laughs> so it, it's just cool to see it's like a positive thing that's actually come out of the game which you don't see from that game often so that's good yeah. as long as oh, the dogs I mean,
0: uh, there, there they don't is, discriminate on your team right yeah. to, to be fair <laughs> to pokemon go like there's been a lot of positive things come out. yeah on. um i it's just people it talk about like the negative just more. as much negative yeah. as there is positive yeah. and obviously negative like gets more clicks yeah people so. focus on that more yeah, um, let me see. Uh, Alfred, I don't think you've talked yet, have you? Favorite thing, pass me.
1: Okay, so <clears throat> I back when they did the Nintendo Humble Bundle, um, I ended up getting that and like the full thing with Dark Siders because the Dark series is one of my favorite series of all time oh, It's so um, underrated. It's 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 fantastic. It's great. We need a third one, and you know you 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 never really hear that much about it. But then we heard a few, I don't know, a month back that the Definitive Edition, not Definitive, the Definitive Edition is coming <laughs> to PS4 and Xbox One soon. Mm. More than that, we're getting Darksiders released, re-released for the Wii U. And well, so isn't that,
0: it the... I don't think the original was ever released on the Wii U, is
1: it? It's not, but it's getting a... the Darksiders, the original is getting a re-release in general, and it's okay. coming to the, to the Wii U. Okay, and, okay. And so... That shows me that they're not done with that game yet, and that they're still thinking about it. I think that what they're doing right now is trying to see if there's enough interest to like generate interest in the game for them to go ahead and make a third one, which they need to do. The, will...
0: in, the cynic in me is saying they're just milking it because they I, own... I know. Like, it's like a new company that owns the IP that's never made any money from it.
1: Well, they've been the ones that have been... Ever since THQ went under, they've been the ones that have been... Um, holding on to it,
0: yeah. But, they bought it in that auction.
1: Yeah, and I can see them. And, I can just see the them doing that.
0: Who was it that bought
1: it? Uh, I don't remember the name. Yeah, you, you don't. Okay, because like we're talking about them, we should know who they are. <laughs> is it? It's it's not Nordic, is it? I'll, I'll look it up. Just keep going. Um, I I think it's Nordic. Um, <clears throat> so because they're doing the Dark Remaster, the original. And then they're doing the Darksiders 2 Collector's, like, edition. And so for me, they're putting a lot of work into these games that haven't seen the light of day in a while. And so what I'm imagining, what I'm hoping and praying for, and, you know, in my best possible dreams, they're trying to generate interest for this game and see how many people want another Darksiders game. Because those are fantastic games. Like, they're... They are amazing. They're, if you want to see what yeah. a darker, it's grittier... It's Nordic Games, by the way. Yeah. yeah. If you want to see what a darker, grittier Zelda would be with, like, hack and slash uh, and, like, climbing mechanics, look at Darksiders. Fantastic game. Um, also, the theologian in me loves how they take from the Bible, but that's completely different. Um, and then I read on June 16th of 2016 that... A whips, one website somewhere put out a pre-order option for Darksiders 3 with a placeholder <laughs> date at the end of the year.
2: And I, I know hyped. that
1: I know that that's probably, like just speculation, and they're just like, hey, you know, what? Let's just. If toss it was the a new fout. Zelda game, we would have posted about it. It's all Exactly. It. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm like, they, there's, there's a possibility they're there's building hype for this game. <laughs> yeah, there's hope. There's hope. So that's what I've been excited about because I love the Darksiders game, and I got the, um, one for Wii U that comes with some of the DLC, and I've been like, man, this game is so awesome. Why, why don't I keep playing these games? And I'm probably gonna get the Darksiders Remaster when that comes out too. I, I'm just... I, yeah. I cannot wait. I really hope they make a third and, one. And just
0: to give a little history for the Darksiders, for people who don't remember, because this happened three years ago, is when um, THQ went under and everything sold. Um, a lot of the old THQ staff, including like the person who founded Darksiders, uh, joined Crytek USA. Um, mm-hmm. And Nordic Games actually won Darksiders, Red Faction, and a whole bunch of other IPs. Uh, those are just the two biggest ones. Um, uh, because they were the only people that actually put in a bit, no one else bit. Uh, and it sounds like from what I've just reading here in an old Eurogamer article that, uh, uh, the people at Crytek USA are highly interested or were at the time in making a Darksider 3 and said they were open to talking to Nordic games. Uh, cause Nordic games said that they have no interest in making the game themselves Um, probably because it's a triple-budget, like a triple-A game. (laughs) So, like, Hmm. uh, Nordic Games isn't known for really high-budget games. I think I said here the highest-budget game they've ever made was Alan Wake. Um, So they're not really known for high-budget games. Uh, So there is a potential that Nordic Games and Crytek have been in talks and kind of hooked up, and um, it's in the works. Uh, Who knows? I, I think Crytek... Isn't Crytek also owned by EA? I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to remember I, I remember like, Crytek is not the final parent company
1: there's also one more bit of news that I'm not really supposed to know but if people have made <laughs> it this far on the podcast they should probably know and this is just like if you really care about this I, I've heard from a, a reliable source that production has begun on Borderlands 3 so if you're a Borderlands fan they've begun um. production on that game I know this weird. You hear it on a Zelda podcast, but I heard that news um, from an undisclosed source, and yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I don't no, no, no. believe that. I'm not though. mad at you for sharing it. Um, I lost all interest for Borderlands after I found out they stole money to make Borderlands too. <laughs> Seriously, they. If you guys don't know the story behind uh, that Alien game, whatever it was, Colonial Marines. You go on Google. Type up like the true story behind Alien. Bloody Marines, and you'll find out the people who made Borderlands Two stole the funding from that game to make Borderlands Two. Wow! Um, it's I mean it's absolutely ridiculous what they did. I cannot even support anything <laughs> they do. Um, I still like that. Borderlands. sucks, because Borderlands Two was a fun game. I had a lot of fun. Me and my best bud Eric, we played Borderlands and Borderlands Two a ton. Um, but man, they they have a lot of good faith to build up with me again before I decide to give them. I mean,
2: form. what is it's Gearbox, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like. Right now, they're not really having a lot of luck because I mean, yeah, battle. Battle. You think of Battleborn? I mean, it got outshined by Overwatch, like 100 uh, to one. Battleborn I see it on. A bad idea. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see it like going on sale everywhere I go, and it's, and it's is, just it, it's like not a
0: bad game. It's just not. There's great. Overwatch. It came out at it's the wrong time. Well, it's not even the time. Like, it's just not great. Like Overwatch is great. Battleborn is just okay. You can't have just an okay game at this time. Come out, that's a triple-A multiplayer thing. Like It needs to be great. Um, yeah,
2: so, you know, I think they, they're they like, Gearbox is like, well, we need Borderlands 3 now. We have to, you know, yeah. come back from that. Just,
0: I hope they didn't steal money from someone else to make it. Seriously, I'm not even a big Aliens fan, but, like, there have been good Alien games, and it sucks that, like, all this money went into it, and they just lied and stole it. Like, it just... It infuriates me. And, and the thing is, like, they basically got away with it. If it wasn't for you darn kids. <laughs> but then again, like, they've done cool things, too. Like, I think they modded, um, uh, what's the name of the robot guy that talks? Uh, Wilhelm?
2: Oh, um, uh, Claptrap. Claptrap.
0: Claptrap, yeah. Like, I know, like, a, like there's this one person who wanted to, like, propose to his girlfriend, so, like, they modded. Like, a little clip together of him asking, of, like, Claptrap popping the question. I remember reading that story in Kotaku many years ago. Like, I don't think all the people like Gearbox are bad, but whoever managed their financing,
1: that guy better be canned. Borderlands, that's another Ugh. game that does post-game DLC very well. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just can <laughs> to you're trying Now that I'm we're excited. on the topic. And I'm like, oh, boo them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool.
0: Oh, well, that's gonna wrap up the podcast for this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can obviously find the podcast right on Zelda Informer or at podcast.zeldainformer.com or on YouTube, where our video version lives, and we have a playlist for it. Subscribe if you like this podcast. Um, hit the dislike button if, for some reason, you hate us. Um, I'll forgive you. It's okay. I We're won't. not for everyone. I don't think. Maybe we are for everyone. Hey, that's I gave you a major like podcast? insider. <laughs>
1: Insider tip to the industry, you, I deserve a like for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when I go on I He
2: deserves do- a follow on Twitter. <laughs> oh, just one.
0: I just need just one. one. Just one. Uh, I of Twitter handles. Why don't you guys throw out your Twitter, Twitter handles. <laughs> oh, boy, I can't even talk. It's time to end this. Bad <laughs> bad boy. Twitter handles, go, Alfred. Uh, full Metal Alfie, I Yay. think. Yay. Yeah. Trey.
2: At Neku Shadow 5 I do commissions, uh, artwork, uh, you name it. Just uh, message me.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Mason. My username is at Mason of Delfino. I just talk about Amiibo. That's about it.
0: <laughs> eh, someone's got to do it. Eh. <laughs> because I'm definitely not. <laughs> Although, I am excited for the three Zelda Amiibo coming out. Yes. But then again, yeah, I, I love Zelda. So, obviously... This is the Zelda Informer podcast. You can follow me at Nate Chance. You can follow Zelda Informer at Zelda Informer. As I say every week, if you're on a social media thing and you're trying to find us, just type in Zelda Informer. If we're there, we'll pop up. If we're not, let us know so we can get there because we want to <laughs> be there. Uh, yeah, we want to be where you are. Enjoy the show. Enjoy your weekends. And Let weeks, us in your ears. Yes. Yes. Let us soothe you to sleep at the calming sound of our end music, which isn't very calming. Have a good day. (laughs) See ya.